So, good morning. I just had a sense. When we were at the last encounter meeting, I was on the Tuesday one, me and Andy took it in turns, because obviously someone has to look after our children. Um, and I was at the Tuesday one, and I just had this sense that God was wanting to say, or that God was speaking. And I just wrote it down, so I'm going to just read it, because I just believe, believe it was right to share it this morning. I just, you might have heard that there's stuff going on, God's on the move, people are rising, churches mobilising, God's wanting to do so. He is on the move. I don't know if you've been at any of the encounter things, there's been like, there's just been a sense, something's stirring. There's a new thing going on. Is anybody yeah. with me on that? Yeah, you can give me a bit of feedback. Oh, I've got a bit of feedback on this as well. Woo. Um, but I just sense God say on that Tuesday, it's not too late to jump on board. This is why I don't like technology. It turns off when you want it on. It's not too late to jump on board. God is doing something new. The army is arising and it's time to take your place. Maybe you feel you've missed it. Maybe you've heard all these things that are going on and you just think, ah, oh, do you know what? I haven't quite, I haven't quite, I didn't really get engaged in that. I'm not really feeling it. I've not got into it yet. But God is saying it's not too late to jump on board. And he says, just one touch from the king changes everything. And it brings us into alignment and right standing and the place that he wants us to be. So I just want to encourage you, if you're feeling a little bit like, oh, everybody's going in the way and I just don't really get it. Anybody felt like that sometimes? We can all feel like that sometimes. And God's saying, it's okay. It's not too late to jump on board. Just one touch from him can bring you into that right standing and that alignment and the place that he wants you to be. So just be open. Have your hearts open to him. Have your, your ears open and your eyes open to what he's wanting to do because actually he wants all of us. We're a family, right? Yes. He wants all of us part of this army that's arising. Amen? So that's a little bit of an aside. This morning, we're continuing our series on prayer. Oh, well done. Somebody knows. We are continuing our series on prayer. prayer. And if you haven't heard some of the messages and you want to see your prayer life changed, it's a great place to start in looking, listening back to some of the messages because there's been so much in them. And this morning we're looking at praying the word, okay? And the word, I just as Isaiah, let me find which paper I'm looking at. Isaiah 40 verse 8, it says, The grass withers, the flowers fade, but the word of God will stand forever. The word of God is unshakable. It's a solid foundation. It's a, it's a place of safety. It's a rock. Um, let me just get this. The word of God is hope. It brings hope. The word of God brings life. The word of God brings light into our lives and our situations. The word of God brings joy. The word of God brings peace. The word of God brings wisdom. You can be excited about this if you want to be. The word of God brings direction. The word of God brings promise. The word of God brings answers. The word of God is love. The word of God tells us who we are. The word of God tells us the life we can now live in. The Word of God tells us what Jesus has done. It tells us the victory he has won. Is anybody a little bit excited about what the Word is? It is life. It's a solid foundation. It is unshakable. We live in a shaking world. We live where things just happen and we don't know what's going to be happening next. But the Word of God is a solid foundation that is not going to change. It is certain. It is sure. It says in his Word that it's a sure and certain thing. And I just love the fact 
fact that I can get a hold of a word that is not going to change. Amen. When so many things do, I hear things that go on. I sometimes get a little bit like, ooh, what does this mean? I come back to the word of God because it will not change. And that's what we need to have our lives built on a word that will not change. Amen. And it is the word of God. It's the truth. Yeah. And it's solid and sure. That's good, isn't it, hey? Yeah. So what's the problem? <laughs> like, if it's sometimes so hard to get into it. And it's weird because it's got so much life. There's so much contained in it. But I tell you what, in John 10, 10, someone, most of us will know this verse, the enemy comes to steal, kill and destroy. When anything goes wrong, when things are not going quite as we think, we can often come to that verse, the enemy comes to steal, kill and destroy. And there's also the verse that we all know pretty well if you've been around Christian circles, in this life you will have trials. Okay, that's something that most people in church circles can agree on quite quickly. The enemy comes to steal, kill and destroy and we do have trials. We walk through trials. Things happen. But what's the next line of that verse in John 10, verse 10? It says, but I have come that they may have life and not just life, life in all its fullness. Let's just speak that over ourselves. Let's make it personal. He has come that I can have life and life in all its fullness. Now, some of you are probably thinking, I don't want to open my mouth. I know, I've been there. I'm there regularly. Okay, but when we speak things out over our lives, it starts to bring alignment. It starts to line us up with what the Word of God says. So when we open our mouths and we speak those things out, then it brings us into alignment with what God's Word says. And the things, maybe in our thinking, maybe in our just our life, that do not line up with that start to fall away. So let's just speak that out. He has come that I can have life and life in all its fullness. Amen. Who wants to have life in all its fullness? That's available when you believe. It's available to each and every one of us. But we need to be speaking that stuff. It says in Proverbs 18, I'm quite animated when I speak. I hope you appreciate the arm movement. It's just me. I speak through my being. And Proverbs 18, verse 21, it says, Death and life are in the power of the tongue. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. Do you know what I get from that? It matters what comes out of my mouth. It matters the words that I speak. It matters. It matters whether I'm speaking life. Because if I'm not speaking life, and if I'm not speaking the words that are life, what's the alternative? death. There isn't like middle ground. You're either life or it's not life. It's death. So I need to be speaking life over myself. I need to be speaking life over my family. I need to be speaking life over the people I found challenging. I need to be speaking life when I'm going out to the supermarket. I need to be speaking life when I'm going into work, when I'm seeing my work colleagues. I need to be speaking life. Because death and life are in the power of the tongue. It says in James, um, James 3, a verse that many of you will know very well, but we're going to go there. It says, 
James 3 verse 3, we place bits in the mouths of horses so we can control them, making them obey us by turning in any direction we choose. I'm reading from the truth version, by the way, just in case you're confused. Or think of how a ship is guided. It can be very large and driven by strong winds, yet the pilot uses only a tiny rudder to steer the ship in whatever direction he chooses. In the same way, the tongue is only a tiny part of your body, but it can do great harm. A forest fire can be started by a small, st- small spark, and the tongue is like fire, for it can give rise to such evil that it is able to corrupt your whole life. It can ruin the whole course of your life when it is set on fire by the fire of hell. That's right. Yeah. It matters what comes out of our mouth. It matters the words that we speak. We need to be building on life. We don't need to speak death. We've got life. But we've got to get it out and use it. We can't speak life if we don't know what life, what is, what's in there. So, you know, words form, words shape. It matters what's coming out of my mouth. So what does need to be coming out of my mouth? What does the Bible say? Well, there's loads of it. I can't carry it. I can't cover it all in in half an hour, 45 minutes. But we're just going to dig into a few scriptures in Ephesians. Because do you know what? I've been reading lots of these things over the last few weeks as I've been preparing. And there is freedom when you get hold of the word. But I don't just want to stand here and speak the word over you. I want you guys to be getting a hold of it too. Because it's for all of us to get a hold of his life. Okay? Are we getting something from this? Ephesians 1, it says... I'm going to start with verse, I'm reading from the truth version, so, because um, I just find it really sort of brings out some of the, makes it very easy to understand. So it says, for he has blessed us through our life with Christ, with every spiritual blessing that belongs to his heavenly kingdom. Let's just pause and think. He has blessed me. What's the way that you can speak the word over yourself and get a hold of the word is to make it personal to you. Okay, sometimes we read that he's blessed us through our life with Christ with every spiritual blessing that belongs to his heavenly kingdom. That's lovely for everybody else. Yeah, 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 whatever. He has blessed me through my life with Christ with every spiritual blessing that belongs to his heavenly kingdom. That doesn't say he's blessed me through my life with a few things. He's blessed me through my life with a, with a little bit here and there. He wants to bless us through our life in Christ with every spiritual blessing that belongs to his heavenly kingdom. Let's speak it over ourselves, guys. You might even want to stand up, be a bit radical. We had this morning, I found it funny, Colin doing the, what he shared about dancing before the Lord, being a little bit, we're very British sometimes, aren't we? We like to do things as we do it. We're sitting here and we're listening to our word. Do you know what? I just think we need to get hold of what he's saying. Yeah. I think we need to get a hold of his word. So maybe you even want to just stand up and just declare this. Just speak it over yourself. He has blessed me through my life in Christ with every spiritual blessing that belongs to his heavenly kingdom. Let's go again. He has blessed me through my life with Christ in Christ with every spiritual blessing that belongs to his heavenly kingdom. Amen. You can sit down. It's okay. We're going to do more of these. If you want to stand up and sit down, you can. That's okay. I don't mind. 
He chose us before he created the world. This is verse 4. He chose us before he created the world to belong to Christ, to be made holy and blameless in his sight. He chose who? Us. Us. Me. You. You might not feel like it. We often don't. That's okay. Sometimes we just need to start accepting what the truth says. And as we speak that over our lives, as we declare the truth over our lives, then the things of this world fall away. The enemy doesn't want us to get a hold of the word. Why? Because it's powerful and he knows it and he has nothing to stand against the word of God. But if he can stop us speaking it over our lives, if he can stop us getting a hold of it, if he can stop us believing it, then suddenly we don't live in the good of it. Okay, so he chose me before he created the world to belong to Christ, to be made holy and blameless in his sight. He decided that I should be adopted as his son, as his daughter. Adopted. That's as if I was his own. Incredible, huh? This is what he says in the word. This is what we can live in the good of. This was his purpose and even his joy. It's his joy to have you part of his family, to have you as his child. Maybe we don't feel like that. But that's what the Word of God says. That's what we can line our life up with. In Christ, we have been redeemed. I have been redeemed. And with his own blood, he made it possible for all our sins to be forgiven. And so has purchased us with the price of his blood. My Bible doesn't say that with his blood, he made it possible for some of my sins to be forgiven. My Bible says, with his own blood, he made it possible for all our sins. Everything that is not right, everything that we can do, all our sins to be forgiven. And so has purchased us with the price of his blood. There is not anything. You know, half the characters in the Bible, you read about what they were like. God, they were some right old characters. They were like against the church. They were trying to actively like destroy the church. They, like they were doing some pretty, what we would class as some pretty wild things. And yet God restored them and he turned them around because of what he'd done. And actually, do you know what? There's nothing, there's nothing in our lives with his own blood. He's made it possible for all our sins to be forgiven. And the enemy loves to play this little game when we're just trying to worship. Maybe you're trying to get invited, like getting, just meet with God, hear from him. You can't really hear God. You don't really, look at what you've done in your life. Has anyone heard that little voice before? (laughs) I've heard it before. You can't really meet with God. Look, he doesn't want to meet with you. Look what you've done. Look at your life. It's a lie. Because actually when we confess our sins, he is quick to forgive them. He washes us white as snow. Amen. That's not, he washes us white as snow with lots of grubby mud from the cars that have driven by. He washes us clean as if it was that they hadn't happened. He has made it possible for all our sins to be forgiven. And we now belong to him. In Ephesians 2, um, Oh no, I'll do. Oh yeah, and verse 11, sorry, Ephesians 1, verse 11 says, We were chosen to belong to Him. We're chosen. Who can speak that out? I am chosen to belong to Him. I am chosen to belong to Him. 
I am chosen. How many of you feel chosen? I don't always feel chosen. Sometimes I really don't feel chosen. But I come back to what the Word of God says and says, thank you, Jesus, that this is how you see me. This is what you speak over me. This is how you, what you see me. And I can pray that out. And, and I so speak that out. It brings alignment with his word. So suddenly I start to live in the good of what he's done, not in the lies that the enemy wants us to believe. Let's jump into Ephesians 2. You see, this is verse 8, you see it's only because of his grace that you have been saved. All you did was to put your faith in his willingness to be merciful and gracious towards you. So your salvation was not anything you could possibly have worked out for yourselves. It is completely God's what? Gift to you. It is complete. It's not by works. It's not by what you've done. It's not by what you can achieve. It's his gift to you. Sometimes we think we're not a very good person. You're probably right. None of us are. But God has made a way that actually we can live in the good of his salvation because of what he has done on the cross. Your salvation is not anything you could possibly have worked out for yourself. It is completely God's gift to you. Just take that in. Thank you, Jesus, for the gift of your salvation. Thank you for the gift that you have won for me. Thank you for the gift that you have given to me. It changes. It starts to change our thinking when we get a hold of what the Word of God says. The truth is, this is verse 10 in verse, chapter 2, the truth is that we are the work of God's own hands. We are God's workmanship. We don't feel like it always. Maybe some of us don't feel like it hardly ever. But it doesn't change the truth of what God says. And I think sometimes we can almost elevate ourselves above yes. God. Like when you feel like, oh, well, God can't come, God can't forgive me for this. What is you, are you so bad that his blood is not powerful enough? We almost elevate ourselves above. Which if I say it like that, you're like, oh, of course that's ridiculous because we know it's ridiculous. But yet we listen to this liar, well, I can't be forgiven of this. Oh, I'm not really, I'm not really anything. Look at what the word says about you. Are you so special that you're not part of that? Let it sink in. There's nothing that we can do that's more powerful than God. But sometimes we just don't accept what he's done. We don't know maybe what he's done. Maybe that's the starting point. But we've got to be getting a hold of that. So God was, I was just getting a hold of these things. I'm just going to jump back into one more. I love, I love Ephesians. There's so much good stuff in there. You need to dig it out to yourself. There's just truth after truth after truth of who we are in Christ and what he's done for us. Um, where is it? Oh no, this is in number two. Chapter two, verse six. Now he has actually raised us up with Christ and sees us seated with him in heavenly places because he has placed us in Christ Jesus. In the 
one who is all powerful, in the one who is almighty, in the one who is the Prince of Peace. We've been placed in the one who is the, who is the strong tower. We're placed in the one who is a safe refuge. We're placed in the one who is full of life. We're placed in the one is, who is full of joy. Is anybody a little bit excited? He has raised us up. He has actually raised us up and sees us seated with Him in heavenly places because He has placed us in Christ Jesus. When we know the place that we're seated, it totally transforms how we live our life. And I was just reminded of this when I was, um, God just showed me a little picture as I was preparing and I was reading this. When you first, I was thinking of it when I first got married to Andy, um, but it can be with a close friend as well. We knew each other, we were good friends, or we got to know each other a little bit. We were friends at um, Bible college a bit, and um, I didn't like everything that he did, but that was that anyway. We got to know each other. We started, um, we started dating after a while, not when we were at Bible college, I might just add. Um, <laughs> slip that one in there. Yeah. Um, no, we, we started getting to know each other and, and I, as we got to know each other, I found out what he thought about things. I, thought, I found out his heart towards things. I found his responses to things. I found out just who he was. When you get to know someone closely, you find out what they think. You find out how they feel. You find out what makes them tick. You know how they respond to stuff. You often hear, oh, if so-and-so were here, they'd say this. Why? Because you know them well. You know their responses. You know what they'd be saying. You know what they would do because you know that person really well. Anybody got friends that that like that? Okay, it doesn't have to be a spouse. It can just be anyone you know very well. And I just felt God saying, that's how we need to be with him. We need that closeness. That's how we're to be with God. And I just wrote these bits in my journal, which I'm just going to share with you. That's how we need to be with God, have that closeness, that oneness where you know what the response is. That we're so tuned in and attuned and aligned that we know who we are in him and who he is. The victory that that we know, the victory that he has won, that is all powerful to be living at one with him. So that when the storms come, we know the response because we know who it is we stand on. We know what he's saying and we know what we can draw from. How he would respond and speak. But we need to live from that place of victory so we can stand and are quick to respond when a storm hits or there's people in need or there's needs in our family. It's so much easier to come from a place of victory and seated with him compared to if a storm hits, sending you into a complete mess that you're quickly having to paddle against and build faith when it's already carnage. I just had this picture of, you know, a storm hits and you're like, ah, like paddling against the tide and then, quick, I need to find a verse, I don't know what God's saying and you're like, you're all in a mess. You can picture the fluster. Okay, but when we know who we're standing in and we know what God speaks, it doesn't mean to say that we don't go through storms. We all go through storms. We all go through trials. We're not, we're not superhuman. We live on this earth. You know, we go through trials. I think everybody can agree with that, yes? We go through trials, but actually there's always words of life. There's always words of victory. There's always words of hope. There's always words of comfort. There's always, I've never come across 
any situation, I know I'm only in my 30s, but I've never come across any situation in life where the word doesn't have something to say. And I don't think if you actually think about it, there is any situation that you can walk through in your life where there isn't. We don't always want to hear it. That's a different matter. We don't always want to know what the truth says. We don't always want to hear what God's saying because sometimes we don't like it. But it doesn't mean to say that there is any situation in our life that we can walk through where the word isn't, there isn't an answer. There isn't something to help us in the word. So, it's so much easier to to live coming from a place of victory, seated with him, compared to when a storm hits and we just don't have a clue what's going on. We can't live from the place of victory unless we know that place of victory. We can't live in the inheritance unless we know the inheritance. We can't live from a place of freedom unless we know his freedom. We can't live in a place of peace unless we know him as the Prince of Peace. We can't live in his life unless we know his life. But sometimes I think we want to shortcut it. Sometimes we want to live in the blessings without actually spending time with the Father. We want to live in the peace. You know, it's like, oh, God, where were you? Like, what have you done? I thought I was meant to live in this goodness or this good thing. But have you actually spent any time listening to him? What's he saying? We want to, sometimes we want a shortcut and live in the, in the good, in the blessings of his word without actually knowing the Father, without spending time with him, without knowing his heart, without hearing his heart, without knowing what he's speaking. You know, I, I find it so funny. Sometimes I, I quite like journaling. I spend time, I read some word, I write stuff down. And the amount of times that I've sort of, sometimes I really get hold of stuff and I'm like, yeah, this is really cool. And like God just reveals stuff to me and that's really awesome. And sometimes I write stuff down and I'm like, yeah, okay, like it's good, but it doesn't really relate exactly to what I'm walking through or what have you. I'm like, okay, I just write it down. And the amount of times that that happens, that then suddenly I speak to somebody and they're struggling with something. And, oh, what do you know? That's what I was reading this morning. But unless we're building that foundation, unless we're spending time in his word, unless we're praying his word, unless we're reading his word, unless we're getting a hold of what his word says, Okay, then how, like, it's like when we're reading that, it's like God just can quick, the Spirit can quicken things to us. Remember that, remember this, remember that, remember this. And it gives us those words, it gives us those responses, it gives us that life, it gives us that hope. But if we're not reading it, then what are you standing on? Do you see what I mean? It's so simple and yet the enemy loves to stop us. It reminded me of the. Um, it reminded me of the story. I'm just going to quickly read because I'm just very aware that the time is disappearing rapidly. Matthew seven verse twenty four. It says, "Therefore, whoever hears what I say and puts my words into practice is like a wise man who decided to build his house on solid rock. The storm rains fell, the streams rose, the gale winds buffeted it, yet it stood firm because it was built on solid rock." 
But whoever hears what I say and fails to act upon my words is like a foolish man who decided to build his house on shifting sand. The storm rains fell, the streams rose, the gale winds buffeted the house and it came crashing down. It's a story we most, a lot of us will know. One I, you grow up in Sunday school quite, the wise man built his house upon the rock. You know, you think of building a tower. It's building our life on his word so we know what it says. So that when the storms hit, when we're walking, not even necessarily when a storm hits, but so we can live in the good of his word. So we can live in that fullness. So we can live and be that life in the places that we go. But if we don't know what the Father's saying, then how can we be that channel? It's funny, isn't it? Well, it's not that funny, really. <laughs> anyway, I'm going to storm on because we've got, I've still got some things that I want to share. And I'm just looking at the time and it's flying. Um, so, when we get hold of the word, it's living and active. It said in Hebrews 4 verse 12, his word is living and active. It shows us what is right from wrong. It shows us what is of God. It shows us what is of flesh. But how do we know that? By getting a hold of the word, by looking at what is the right things. Okay, when we use the word, it transforms our thinking. In Romans 12 verse 2, it says, um, do not conform to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Okay, there's no good sitting there thinking, I can't think like this, I shouldn't think like that, I shouldn't think like that, I shouldn't think like that. You need to fill your mind with things of truth. You need to fill your mind with the life of Christ. You need to speak his words over you because unless we fill our minds with something else, we will just think about the thing that is not what we're meant to be thinking about. You can't just say, I mustn't think like this, I mustn't think like this. You need to fill your mind with the words of life. You need to fill your mind with the words of truth. Whatever it is that you're maybe struggling with, whatever it is that you maybe see as a weakness in yourself, find out what the Word of God says. Build a framework. Write some scriptures down so that actually when you're walking through your day and you're feeling like that, no, I don't need to listen to that because this is what the Word of God says over my life. This is what the word of truth says over my life. This is what I'm taking a hold of. It says in the word, do not fear, do not be anxious about anything, but instead pray. It doesn't say pray, see if it works, and then take all the worry back. Does it? It says, rather than fearing and being anxious, give your prayers to him. Lay it at the foot of the cross. Lay it before the one who is all-powerful. Do you know what? I have this funny thing with my my oldest girl. She gets very anxious about stuff. She gets very worried about things. She takes things on. Oh, don't talk like that. I'm like, Pops, come on. What does the word say? If you're feeling like that, let's pray. Let's give it to him. I'm very practical. If it says that, let's do that. Okay, so we don't need to worry about that because we're going to give it over to Jesus because actually your worry's not going to change a single thing. She went to bed the other night. She was in such a flap because she'd lost a book. This is the real issues of life, guys. She'd lost a book. She didn't know if she'd left it at school and she thought if she'd left it at school, it was going to be gone. And she would not settle down. She was in a right flap. Oh, I can't go to sleep. Oh, I'm worried about what's happened about this book. 
I appreciate these are not the issues that you guys probably face. <laughs> but it did show something. And I said to her, Pops, you can spend your whole night worrying about that book. It's not going to change anything. But it's going to give you a rubbish night. You're going to live in fear. You're not going to have any peace because you're spending all your time focused on that worry. Or you can give it to God and say, thank you, Jesus, that you know what there is. I'm sorry that I'm feeling like this. I give it over to you and you can have a really peaceful night's sleep. Hey? But it didn't say, but we just have to get a hold of what it says. Because his truth works. It says in the Bible that he watches over his word to see that it is performed. He is faithful to his word. He's not faithful to our desires necessarily. He's faithful to his word. He watches over his word to see that it is performed. So use his word. Do what his word says because he's faithful to it. Amen. Say again. Do you know what? I didn't even ask her the next day. <laughs> Funnily enough, it was forgotten about. <laughs> Probably. Who knows? Yeah, sorry. I should have found that one out before I shared the story. Um, I've just been reading this book and I just want to share this with you. So, Pastor Colin Ercott Sr. Well, not that Pastor Colin, this one is Ercott. But I don't know if you've ever heard of the book In Christ Jesus. Lots of you will be. I've just been getting, I've read it before. I've got a hold of this stuff before and it's just life changing. I've been reading this book again or started reading it again. Oh, there is just so much good stuff in it. Just of activating us to live in who God has asked us or live in the good of what he's asked us to be. And I just want to read this paragraph to you. It says, revelation is essential, otherwise you will only have head knowledge about the kingdom. But revelation is not enough. You need to turn constantly to the word of God to discover what your inheritance is as a child of the kingdom. The revelation revelation opens up a new threshold, but you will need to enter in and take possession of the house. I love this. I'm going to read it again because it's so good. Revelation is essential. Otherwise, you will only have head knowledge about the kingdom. But revelation is not enough. You will need to turn constantly to the word of God to discover what your inheritance is as a child of the kingdom. The revelation opens up a new threshold, opens up a doorway, but you will need to enter in and take possession of the house. And he uses the scripture, John 8, verse 31. If you continue in my word, you are truly my disciples. You will know the truth and the truth will make you free. We sometimes want to live in the free, but do you know what the truth says? Do you know what God's speaking? And I'm really quickly going to turn to this because I really don't have much time at all. And then we need to come into land very fast. Where am I reading? Hang on, I'm not in the right place. Oh, two, I'm in Hebrews, that's why. Here we go. 2 Corinthians 10, this is such a cool verse. I can't, I can't have you not go without sharing this. So 2 Corinthians 10, it says, verse 3, True, we live in this world, but we do not fight our battles as people who belong to the world. We have other weapons to fight with, not those of the world. 
By contrast, our weapons have God's power that shatters the enemy's stronghold that opposes us. Okay? By contrast, our weapons have God's power that shatters. I like that word because when you say shatter, it sounds like the word, whatever though, is it onomatopoeia or something like that? I was thinking of this as I came round. It's not like a, a break when you break a vase and you can just stick it back together. It shatters. Our weapons have God's power that shatter the enemy's stronghold that opposes us. With the weapon of truth, we demolish rational arguments that oppose the walk of faith. We have the answer to every false way of thinking that seeks to undermine the truth about God. We exercise authority in the way we think, denying negative or rebellious thoughts and accepting only those that glorify Jesus so that we might obey him. Okay? Our weapons have God's power that shatters the enemy's... When we get a hold of the truth, the enemy has no answer to that. When we believe what the word is certain, this is why he spends all of his time on this broken track record, trying to just whisper little things to keep us off track and to stop us from actually believing what we've, what we've read. Because if we actually believe it, okay, if we actually get a hold of it, he has not a foothold to stand on. Okay, because he has no answer to the word of God. Our weapons have God's power that shatters the enemy's stronghold that opposes us. With the weapon of truth, we demolish rational arguments that oppose the walk of faith. That's right. That's the truth. Demolish all the arguments that go on in our head. Get a hold of his word as your solid foundation because it demolishes those arguments. Yes. We have the answer to every false way of thinking that seeks to undermine the truth about God. We, I, exercise authority in the way we think by denying negative or rebellious thoughts and accepting only those that glorify Jesus. Another verse is very cool, 1 Timothy 4 verse 7. Refuse to have anything to do with whatever disagrees with his word. Instead, you are to train yourselves to be godly. Thank you, Jesus. Do you know what? These are not far off things. It says in the word that the kingdom of heaven is at hand. It's within grasp. It's not for the person who you see as the spiritual person. It's for all who believe. All of us can take hold of his word. All of us, when we believe, can take hold and live in the good of that. The enemy wants to make you believe it's for all the others, except for you. It's a lie. And we need to stop agreeing with the lie of the enemy and start accepting the truth of what God has done. You may not feel good enough. None of us are. It's only by his grace through Jesus and what he has done that we can access his truth. His word is a solid foundation. His word is unshakable. His word will never fail you. It will never let you down. His word is a solid and sure, certain hope. Build your life. Be that person. We can't live in the good of it unless we're going to put in the time. Unless we're going to spend that time reading it. And I just felt, do you know what? Where do we land with? Where do we land up? 
Like I can speak truth over you all day. It's full of it. It's full of it. And I'm, I'm sorry some of you have heard this. I'm just going to quickly share this with my daughter, Sophie. Um, I shared it before an encounter one evening. But she, she um, was having a few nightmares a little while ago, just bad dreams and stuff like that. And Andy was sorting her out because I was out at the time. And he, she's got a little flask that has a wind-up pot on the bottom of it. And she takes her drink to the, to the upstairs to bed. And the flask, the pot is for snack during school time. But he'd, he'd put a note in this, in this pot and he'd put it on the thing. And so I went upstairs and I thought, oh, why has she got, has she got a midnight feast? Like she doesn't normally have the pot upstairs. And I went up and saw there was a note in it. So she went upstairs and she saw that there was a pot on the bottom. And she was like, why is my pot on the bottom of my drink? So she gets it out, reads this in her, in her early reading words. And she shouts out, thank you, daddy, from upstairs because he'd written a note. A few days later, I find this note is still in the pot on her drink. And she said, I said to her, Sophie, why is, if you've still got the note in there. Do you find that that helps you? And she says to me, no, it doesn't do anything when it's sat in there. But when I get it out and read it, it changes everything. If my five-year-old can realise that the note is going to do nothing in a pot, it's only going to do something when we read it, how much more can we understand that we need to be getting a hold of his word? It blew me away because I didn't expect it to come out of her mouth. <laughs> but we've got to be getting a hold of it. So where does it leave us? Like I can speak this stuff over you. I can get excited about it. I can encourage you to get excited about it. But where are you at today? Maybe you're used to getting a hold of the word. Maybe you've got a brilliant, like, just discipline of getting into the word and praying it out. That's great. Keep doing it. Keep building your life on that. Keep speaking it over others. Keep just hearing stuff to speak to others. Because that's what we need to be building our life on. Maybe you feel like you're walking through a storm. You're paddling against the tide and you'd have no idea how to get out of it. You don't know what God's saying. There'll be people here that feel like that. Be still and know that I am God. And I just felt God saying, you know, like where we land today, because I'm aware the time has gone. It's a choice. You can take 15 minutes, five minutes if it makes it more accessible to you, to get a hold every day. Just take five minutes, 15 minutes to get a hold of some truths. Write some truths down. Write some words down. Whatever you're walking through, whatever you struggle with, whatever you need to see some life in, whatever you need to see a breakthrough in, take five, 15 minutes, five minutes, find some words. Find out what the Bible says about it. You can type it into a concordance. You can get a hold of, I quite often use Pastor Colin's 150 themes that he wrote. This is Pastor Colin Urquhart. He wrote 150 themes and it's got all the themes with lots of scriptures written out. So good. When you're like trying to work out what the word says about various things. But there's ways to get a hold of his word. And I just felt God saying, you need to take some time just to write some things down. And start speaking them over yourself this week, over a situation that you're walking through and see what God does. We have a choice to do that. I can't force you to do it, but nothing's going to change if we don't. Amen. Amen. And if, 
If we know that the Word is all-powerful, it's full of life, it's full of victory, it's full of joy, it's full of... Who wants to live in that? Hopefully everyone wants to live in that. So if you want to live in that, we need to take the time to get a hold of what his word is saying. And I just felt God saying, you know, let the revelation of who he is enter your heart. Cross the threshold. There's a doorway open. When God reveals something to you, cross that threshold and possess the home like we read in this. Speak that word over yourself. Maybe you don't feel good enough. Get a hold of some of the words in Ephesians 1 of who God is, who you are in him, what he speaks over you and start speaking over yourself. You will feel the biggest nana to start with. If you're not used to doing it, you feel really silly and the enemy will want you to feel really silly and he'll say, yeah, you do look really silly. Just don't bother because he doesn't want you to get hold of it. But if we can persevere and we keep speaking that stuff over it, this is what you say, Father God. This is what I'm going to accept. I don't feel like this, but actually this is what you speak over my life. As we start to speak that, it brings alignment. And when we, when we speak it over ourselves and we start to align it, it changes the way we live, it changes the way we speak, it changes the way we feel, it changes the way we can do our day, it changes it changes us because his word is alive. It's powerful. It's active. <coughs> Build a framework of truth that puts a barrier that the weapons of the enemy cannot cross when we believe. When we believe. Okay, maybe you carry worries and anxious things. Don't worry about that. Pray. You know, when we worry about it, it changes nothing. But when we pray, it can change everything. When, but why? Why? Because when we pray, we start to align ourselves with what he's saying. When we start to focus on him, not what's worrying us, we focus on what he's saying. We start to hear what he's saying. When we start to hear what he's saying, we start to put those things into practice and we speak those out. When we're putting that into practice, things change. But if we just sit in the worry, nothing's going to change. But it will cripple you from living in the good. So I just want to encourage you just to take 15 minutes, five minutes, get some stuff written down. Put it on your mirror when you're getting ready in the morning. If you don't look in the mirror, put it on your coffee machine. If you don't drink coffee, put it somewhere where you go and look at something and just saturate yourself with the word because that's what we need to build our life on. Thank you, Jesus. Yeah, Father God, I just want to thank you for your sure, certain word. Thank you for the unshakable word. Thank you that it's a solid and sure foundation to build our lives upon. God, I just thank you for what you are showing us at the moment. And Lord, I just pray that you would just stir each and every one of us just to be getting a hold of you, Father God. Lord, maybe we feel like we've been way off. Lord Jesus, I just pray that you would just meet with each and every one of us, Father God, that this week you would stir us to get a hold of you, that you'd stir me to get a hold more of your word, that you'd stir each and every one of us just to get a hold of what you're saying. 
Lord Jesus, I thank you that you are the unshakable one, that you are the one that doesn't change, that you are full of hope, you are full of life, you are full of victory, Father God. And when we live in you, we can live in the good of who you are, Father God. We can live in the good of your blessings. And God, that's where I want to be. Lord Jesus, that's where I want to be. I don't want to live carrying around the burdens. I don't want to live carrying around chains that you've set me free from. Father God, I want to know what you have done. I want to know what you have won, Father God, so that I can live in the fullness of that, so I can live in that unshakable place, Father God. Amen. 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 Lord Jesus, Lord Jesus, thank you, Father God. Thank you, Father God. <coughs> Amen. It's 11.40, so we're going to have to come into land. Amen. Did you get something from this today? Come on, Jesus. It's about Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Get a hold of him, guys, and just see his life and fruit just flow. Okay? Amen. Amen. Amen.